0: Welcome to episode one of The First 40 Miles. I'm your host, Heather
1: Legler. And I'm Josh Legler.
0: You know, podcasts are usually done by people who are experts in their field. They know a lot and they have a lot to say. This is a backpacking podcast. However, I'm not an expert. I'm a beginner backpacker. I haven't solo hiked the Pacific Crest Trail or sawed off a frostbitten limb with a credit card. I have never eaten raw squirrel meat or slept under a blanket of pine needles and steaming bear dung. I haven't been stranded for weeks in the woods with only a knife and a camera crew. But I have discovered a simple love for hiking and backpacking, and it all happened in the first 40 miles. So I want to approach this podcast with creativity because there are few things that require as much creative thinking, imagination, inventiveness, improvisation, insight, and intuition as the act of strapping 30 pounds to your back and disappearing into the thick woods.
1: Or strapping 40 pounds onto your back. But it happened for me in the first 40 miles too. I grew up in the North Cascades and I still remember my first week-long backpacking trip as a 12-year-old Boy Scout. It was awesome and I was hooked. I've been backpacking a lot longer than Heather has, but after I grew up, family and career got in the way, and my backpacking gear spent more time in the storage closet, less time on my back. So when I recently started prepping for my first long trip in a long while, I realized that I had to purchase a lot of new stuff. And I had to learn a lot, too. But here's a cool thing about backpacking. A lot of sports are pretty intimidating for beginners, but backpacking isn't. Even the experts are still learning. And when you're on the trail, nobody's going to try to figure out if you're a newbie or a seasoned pro. That's just how backpackers are. Everybody's friends with everybody.
0: So if you're new to backpacking or are hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler.
1: And I'm Josh Legler.
0: And this is The First Forty Miles. Today on The First Forty Miles, The top five things you can live without while backpacking. The Summit Gear Review will feature a lightweight way to improve your chances of survival. The Backpack Hack of the Week. You'll learn how to make a collapsible trail essential out of something from your recycle bin. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Anne Frank. All this, and
1: that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. Sounds great. So let's uh, start off with your top five.
0: The top five things you can live without while backpacking. You know, it's tempting when you're preparing for a trip to want to bring along things with you that that you think you might need. And a lot of times this leads to overpacking and um, adding extra weight to your pack that just doesn't need to be there. So the number one thing, that you can live without while backpacking is?
1: Your phone.
0: Your smartphone, that's right. Often when you're backpacking, there is no cell service. Not only is there no cell service, but there's no place to recharge your phone. There are no plugs hidden in the tree bark. So unless you wanna bring along another battery, you may not uh, even be able to use your cell phone. Recharging units for your cell phone they're separate units that you can buy, uh, usually around, I don't know, 20 to $50, depending mm-hmm. on um, what type you buy. Those are going to be heavy and may not be effective.
1: Yeah, I've had some experience with this. We uh, went out on a backpacking trip a few weeks ago, and uh, we picked up a, a solar charger. And I thought, well, this is great. Uh, it says it's got a maximum output of one watt. So, I'll just strap this solar charger onto the top of my backpack and while I'm hiking, it's going to pick up all that energy from the sun and I'm just going to keep that plugged into my cell phone and my cell phone will be constantly charged. That'll be great. I can just use my phone all week. Well, it didn't turn out that way at all. Uh, After I got home, I did some experimentation because it it was such an awful experience. What really happened on the trip was um, my phone actually drained super fast. And by the end of the second day, my phone was done. Um, It was empty for the week, and and I didn't have it back until we got home and, and plugged into the wall. So what it came down to was the solar charger just wouldn't give me nearly enough power to recharge my cell phone if I was using it. On a daily basis.
0: Would you consider leaving your smartphone at home on your next backpacking trip?
1: Yeah, I might. Uh, it would save weight. Uh, if I do bring it, it's going to be powered off and uh, be used as an emergency communications device, which may or may not work depending on where we are.
0: Yeah, I didn't find my cell phone or my smartphone to be very useful when we were backpacking. I I mostly used it as a clock and that was it. I turned it on to check the time then turned it back off again. I'd never had cell service, never used it for GPS, and never used it uh, to check Facebook or do any status updates. So it's something I felt like I could leave at home next time. All right, the number two thing you can live without while backpacking, extra toiletries. Things like shampoo, deodorant, uh, maybe toothpaste. How do you feel about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I like to have my toothbrush because it makes my teeth feel clean, (laughs) you know, get rid of all that plaque. But uh, are you really going to lose anything by going a week without toothpaste? No, a toothbrush works, even if it doesn't have toothpaste. It gets your teeth clean feeling. um, And and you eliminate not only the weight of the toothpaste, which may not sound like much, but also the risk of the toothpaste that if if it gets opened up or punctured, it's going to be a real mess in your pack.
0: Yeah, another thing is um, often shampoo, deodorant, and toothpaste are highly scented and can attract animals just as much as a bag of corn nuts or chocolate. So, well, hygiene is still important on the trail. So if you're going to take any toiletries at all, I would recommend things that do double duty, like unscented soap that can use be used for cleaning wounds and... um I've even heard of people brushing their teeth with soap. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Baking soda is another great thing that can also be used for deodorant and for brushing your teeth and for bee stings. And then a bottle of isopropyl alcohol that also goes a long way in personal hygiene care and is a double duty item.
1: Sure, because alcohol also does double duty as a fuel. All
0: right, the number three thing that you can live without while backpacking is vitamins. I think a lot of people when they go on the trail, they go ready to perform, ready to uh, accomplish something great. So by the time you get on the trail time for preparation is past. If you're going out with a bottle of vitamins, I think it's kind of pointless.
1: Right, you're there on the trail because you've spent the time preparing and you're you're physically prepared, you're healthy because of how you eat every day. Uh, That one week is not gonna make a big difference in your overall health when it comes to nutrition. Um, However, I would say that there may be some people for whom this is an exception, and I'm gonna throw myself into that (laughs) bucket. Uh, For years, I suffered with canker sores, and I couldn't figure out what was causing them. After lots and lots of trial and error, we figured out that for me, it was a lack of zinc. And as long as I have enough zinc, I have no canker sores. So for me, there's that risk. If, if I don't take those vitamins with me, you know, I just don't want to risk that, say, on day two or three of a week-long trip, that I'm going to have a canker sore and have to deal with that for the rest of the week, when I know that if I had brought a couple vitamins with me, those will keep the sores away. So that's my own unique situation, and some people may be in a boat like that where they know they've got a specific um, health issue that they want to prevent. But unless that's the boat that you're in, yeah, you you can leave the extra vitamins home.
0: True that. Thanks. Number four thing that you can live without while backpacking is a multi-tool, and this includes anything that has those multifunction things that you pull out, the screwdriver, nail file, nose, hair, trimmer, whatever. They are so cool looking and they, they do so many awesome things, but they're very heavy. And for the, uh, for the things that you'll be doing on the trail, a lot of times just a single blade knife or if you're um, trying to really cut down on weight, a razor blade will do the job just fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That super cool multi-tool, it weighs a lot and uh you're going to have to pack that if you bring it.
0: Yeah, uphill and down. That's right. So, all right. The number 5 thing that you can live without while backpacking is coffee. And this is a very controversial item. I think coffee is a staple for a lot of people, but if we're going to be honest, coffee is a, is a luxury and if you take coffee with you, you're also going to have to factor in the additional weight that you'll need to pack to prepare the coffee and for some people that means a grinder, a press, filters, things like that.
1: A lot of people use coffee as their pick-me-up. Uh, the caffeine in there increases your heart rate, It increases your um, alertness when you're sitting at your desk at work, sitting in your car behind the steering wheel. When your body is saying, hey, I don't have anything to do right now. I might as well go to sleep. The caffeine kicks it into awake mode and says, nope, stay awake. Well, when you're backpacking, believe me, your heart rate will be up. You will be active. That caffeine, if anything, is harming you at that point because it's increasing your heart rate further it's it's keeping you alert when you're already alert uh, you just don't need it, your heart is already going to be pumping uh, plenty fast to get you up that hill you don't need the caffeine it's not going to help
0: and if we're going to be honest with ourselves it's also an addiction so if you want to go out on the trail free from any kind of addiction or um, anything that's going to hold you back, then coffee is something that you can leave at home.
1: And of course, that's why it's controversial that we uh, have it on our list, because if you're a regular coffee drinker or or really consume any caffeine product on a regular basis, then you're going to have withdrawal symptoms. And I know you're going to be Uh, nervous about having those symptoms while you're on a backpacking trip, especially if it's your first. So keep that in mind. It may be a good idea to taper off of the caffeine before the trip.
0: Yeah. And you'll find plenty of things to be excited about while you're backpacking, backpacking. And I'm sure you'll forget all about that lovely warm cup of coffee that you left behind at home.
1: Yeah. Nature will provide the excitement.
0: That's right. It's great.
1: All right, so the top five things that you can live without on a backpacking trip. Smartphone, extra toiletries, vitamins, that heavy multi-tool, and your coffee.
0: Well, here on the first 40 miles, we created the Summit Gear Review. It's the most comprehensive gear review system for backpacking gear, and it gives you a 360 unbiased look at backpacking gear before it goes into your pack. SUMMIT stands for structure, utility, mass, maintenance, investment, and trial. And everything that we share here on the SUMMIT gear review has been trial tested. It's been taken out into the woods and given a nice beating. Today on the SUMMIT gear review, we are reviewing the Survive Outdoors Longer Emergency Bivvy. So to start out, um, it's made of heat reflective polyethylene and the seams are completely sealed so you're not going to have any wind issues inside this emergency bivy. And for those of you who don't know what an emergency bivy is, it's um, basically a sleeping bag that has a reflective coating on the inside that's completely waterproof that you would use in an emergency situation if you were stranded In the woods without any other piece of equipment I guess. Um, It keeps you warm and it keeps you dry and keeps you alive. So typically an emergency bivy would be made out of mylar and that's kind of a thin reflective material that the space blankets are made of if you've seen those space blankets. This is a little bit different and it's made of polyethylene which is a much more durable material. And uh, if a rip does occur in this emergency bivy, um, it won't run like it does with a traditional Mylar blanket. Utility. It reflects 90% of your body heat, which is going to be amazing if you are in a survival situation. It's also waterproof, so it protects against water, wind, and snow. And, um, if you are concerned about the environment, the polyethylene is recyclable. So you can recycle this bag when you're finished with it. Uh, the mass, we came up with uh, 4.3 ounces for the bag. And on the packaging, it it says it's 3.8 ounces. Um, so not too much of a difference, nothing that will make a difference in your pack.
1: There are certain essentials that you need to have for safety and an emergency blanket is one of those essentials. It kind of like, think about going, you know, on on your bicycle. Yeah, you want to be as light as possible on your bike. It doesn't make sense to carry a bunch of extra stuff, but you will always wear your helmet. The helmet is a non-negotiable. It's essential for your safety, so you're gonna wear it. And in backpacking, an emergency blanket is one of those things. So this one is is lightweight, which is nice. Um, you need to have it in your pack. You may never use it, but if you need to, you'll be glad. You'll it's be there. glad.
0: Yeah. So the size is 84 inches by 36 inches, which gives you ample room to move around. It's not uh, it's not tight anywhere. It's really very comfortable, and it can be pulled all the way up uh, past your head and kind of around your head like a hood. So it's very, uh, very comfortable and roomy. As far as maintenance goes, um, it's really simple to maintain it. You need to wipe it dry before you fold it up. And if the bivy gets dirty, you can simply clean it with diluted soap and water and a soft sponge, nothing abrasive. It's just, you know, wipe it off and make sure it doesn't get put away dirty. Some people have said that it's, it's difficult to put back in its stuff sack. It actually comes with its own little ultra lightweight stuff sack. I didn't find that to be true. I simply folded it lengthwise in half then I folded it in half again lengthwise and folded it in half again then I rolled it tightly from the bottom to push all the air out and it fits perfectly in the little stuff sack that it comes in. Um, it's under $20 which might seem like a lot of money to be spending on an emergency bivy when you can get a Mylar blanket for just a few dollars but this um, this is the kind of thing that you wouldn't just use once. This is something that you can actually use. It's not meant to be a one-time-use product. It's designed to be extremely durable, and it won't rip. If anything, it will actually um, stretch a little bit, but you won't have the ripping like you do with Mylar. So I actually I took it on a trial run, and I brought it with me on... Um, on a camping trip, and it ended up being around 45 degrees that night that we went out. And I decided that I was gonna try using it as an extra layer over a sleeping bag. And I just thought, oh, it'll add a couple degrees, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and what it actually did was um, because it wasn't really cold outside, condensation ended up getting on the inside of the, um, of the bivy and I had used it over my sleeping bag and still when I woke up the next morning there was condensation on the inside. So I've heard of using bivvies as an extra layer when it's very cold outside like under freezing um, but people use them inside their sleeping bag not on the outside. So if I were to test this out again I would, I would try it again using it as an inside layer. And then putting my sleeping bag over that. So the next morning I just had to wipe down the condensation from the inside of the bivy with my camp towel and as I used it, it held up well. I didn't have any stretching or tearing issues. I talked with the manufacturers and they said that the, the orange color on the outside of the blanket, they didn't really have any issues with that wearing off unless the bivy was stored when it was wet or damp for extended periods of time. So just make sure you dry off your bivy really well. Again, it's not a one-time-use bivy. It's extremely durable and um, can be used over and over again and is definitely an essential that you'll need to take with you. And for around 4 ounces, it's a really great really great thing to have in your pack.
1: So maybe for you, since this was a reusable bivy, it meant that you were actually willing to use it uh, more willing to use it as an extra layer of, of insulation on a cold night uh, knowing that you could bring it home dry it out roll it back up and use it again whereas with the typical uh, inexpensive emergency blanket you know that once you've used it it's done you're gonna have to go to the store buy another one and, and so you never use those
0: <laughs> exactly yeah I would definitely use this again on a trip For sure. So that was the Survive Outdoors Longer Emergency Bivvy.
1: Well, great. That wraps up your Summit Gear Review. I'm uh, anxious to hear about your Backpack Hack of the Week.
0: So maybe you're a backpacker on a budget, or maybe you are a geek. I'm a little bit of both. How about you, Josh?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I love to save money and use my creativity to make something useful. And there is no better place to do that than before you go on the trail, you can make something and take it with you. So today's backpack hack of the week is a DIY collapsible kitchen sink. And this seems kind of might seem to you like kind of a frivolous thing. Like who brings a kitchen sink on a backpacking trip?
1: It's what we all joke about, right?
0: Oh, yeah. he brought everything including the kitchen sink. So the sink can be used for laundry which if you're going to be doing some lightweight backpacking you'll want to have something to wash you know your one other pair of socks in. Um, It's great for doing a few pieces of dishes like if you just have a couple things that you need to rinse out. It's great for collecting water uh, for having fire water on hand. If you decide to build a fire you're going to need to have some water to put out the fire. It's a great little hard sided container that will protect your electronics too. So this is a free project, it takes about two minutes to make and it weighs one ounce. If you buy a collapsible kitchen sink in the store it's going to cost you know between twenty and twenty five dollars. So the tools that you will need are a pair of scissors, or an exacto knife and then you'll need an empty gallon milk jug and just grab that from your recycle bin or steal it from your neighbor's recycle bin and what you're going to do is take the exacto knife or the scissors and cut off the bottom half of the gallon milk jug and the, the plastic of the gallon milk jug is such that you can actually fold it in and so instead of keeping it upright in your pack or instead of keeping it all fully expanded, you're going to want to fold in all four sides of the milk jug, and I usually do opposite sides first, so north-south, fold those in, and then east-west, and it kind of folds up like a little end of a birthday present. I have never had mine crack, and I've used it for a while, and um, I suppose cracks could be repaired with duct tape, but um, it might be just as well to make a new one when you get home.
1: Well, I remember the purchase that we made a few months ago. Uh, we saw those uh, kitchen sinks, as they're called, uh, at the backpacking and camping store. Bought one, yeah, it was uh, you know, 20 know $25, somewhere in there. And we ended up returning it because we realized that really this, this milk jug, which uh, cost us nothing, we already had it, was going to take care of our needs just fine. It was uh, probably smaller and lighter than uh, that commercial kitchen sink. And and it's all we needed on our backpacking trip. Um, you know, we recommend traveling light, um, especially if you look at your clothing. You don't need to bring a lot of extra clothing. However, you are going to want to wash that clothing periodically if you're out for a long time.
0: Especially polyester, any kind of man-made materials.
1: So this uh, little sink made out of a gallon milk jug is just big enough that you can get a pair of socks in there or one piece of, of lightweight clothing, get it washed out, get the, the bad smells gone. Uh, but it's it's not more than you need. And, and so really, it just worked out perfect. And I'm glad that we returned that $20, $25 uh, item because we just didn't need it.
0: Well, also, the, the kitchen sink that we had purchased, it needed liquid to stand up. So it was kind of limp if it was empty, and you needed to fill it with you know, several liters of water in order for it to even uh, stand up. So with with this little DIY collapsible kitchen sink that you can make at home, you can put as much or as little water as you want in there and get the job done while you're on the trail.
1: So there you go. There's our backpack hack of the week. We'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, the diarist Anne Frank.
0: She says... The best remedy for those who are afraid, lonely, or unhappy is to go outside, somewhere where they can be quite alone with the heavens, nature, and God. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, like us on Facebook, The First 40 Miles Podcast. And we'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.